Hello friends, welcome to Word of Victory. Praise God for this wonderful day. Lord, we bless you and we thank you today. We pray, Father, that you would open our ears to let us hear your word today, Father God, in Jesus' name. We bless your wonderful name. I welcome my moms here with me today. We're going to do a Bible study. We're going to break bread at the end. So if you'd like to get a cracker or a piece of bread and a little juice, um, you can join us in fellowship together. Praise God. We thank you, Lord, today for the spirit of one accord in this place, Lord. And we just submit to you, precious Holy Spirit, and we thank you for your anointing who lives inside of us, Lord. We thank you. We release the anointing of the Spirit of God today. And we thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So, friend, I hope I find you well. And, you know, I just think that today's message is called Renewed Strength for Life. And we're just going to look first at Isaiah chapter 40 in verse, let's start at 28 through to 31. I encourage you to get out your Bible. This is a Bible study time because, um, you know, God says his word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Mm-hmm. And many people are facing situations right now of of terror, of turmoil, of, of strife, of sickness, of fear. And praise God, you know, there is no answer in the world. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have or, or how much influence or power you have, friend. You can't buy peace. But peace comes from the Word of God. And the more we study His Word and the deeper we get into His Word, what happens is, is that peace and stability comes into our hearts and reigns in our lives. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. And we'll read it together from verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Amen. So, you know, even every person feels exhaustion and tiredness and gets weary and gets low from time to time. There's nobody who doesn't. But, you know, God, his power sustains us and, and imbues us with strength. And I love that scripture. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. And maybe you're in that situation today, friend. Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your rope or at, at, the, at you've just had enough and you can't take anymore. And I encourage you today, wait on the Lord. What that means there, wait on the Lord, means to honor him, to revere him, spend time with him. Allow him to bring refreshment and strength to you. Many people are trying to do things in life through their own strength, through their own power, through their own money, through their own means. But, you know, that only ends in failure. At some point, your strength will run out. And then you have no answers. But whoever waits upon the Lord, whoever, uh, you know, trusts in Jesus, whoever uh, allows the the prince of life, the author of life to to rule and reign in their lives, what happens is his strength is what strengthens us. And, um, 
you know, you will run, you will mount up with wings like eagles, you will run and not be weary, you will walk and not grow faint. And I believe for many people right now, um, you know, that the devil has put out a contract on their lives of death, of failure, of sickness, of fear, of disease, of infirmity, of weakness, of lack. And, you know, his contract of death, I believe, counteracts God's contract or God's covenant of life. Jesus came to bring the new covenant and he wrote it in his blood. He paid the price for our lives. He paid the price for us to be strengthened with his might, for us to inherit the gift of eternal life, for us to be forgiven, cleansed and made whole, for us to be healed, for us to be delivered from captivity, from, from bondage, from addictions, from slavery. He came and gave his life and, and gave us a covenant of life through his blood. And I just encourage you today, friend, you know, maybe, maybe something has happened in your life. Maybe, maybe you've been through a, a deep, deep trauma. Uh, maybe you've been, uh, you know, or maybe you are sick um, and, the, and the doctor has given a diagnosis of no hope. I encourage you today, friend, that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. And that as you learn who he is and what he has done for you, life will flow in your body. Life and hope uh, will will ignite and 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 that fire from God. You know, John the Baptist said, "I come and baptize you with water," as we said the other day. But there is one coming who will baptize you with His Holy Spirit and with fire. And I believe today that as you hear His word and as you trust God, you know, so much of our world is is focused on on on. Um, making people trust in money or trust in power or trust in their job, trust in their intelligence, uh, you know, trust in, in, in things other than God. In fact, they're actively encouraged not to trust in God. People will tell you, oh, that's all a myth, you know, and the Bible is just a fairy story. That's not true. The Bible is the word of God and, and the Bible, you know, the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword because the word of God is a person. His name is Jesus. He is the author of life. He is the prince of life. And he's waiting today to bring his life into your life and to, to reinvent or, or, or recreate your life for you in Jesus' name. So if you have been through a trauma, if you have been through, um, you know, situations, you know, many people, I'm just struck by how many people, even when they're being, uh, you know, in, being birthed, when, when their mothers were giving birth to them, many people were at the brink of death. Maybe they were, they were born very, very ill. Maybe they were born with the cord tangled around their neck or, or maybe, you know, blue babies or, or, or went through maybe uh, problems with their hearts and things like that. I speak life to you today, friend, and I break that contract with death that was issued upon your birth or even when you were in the womb. Maybe, the, the, maybe something happened and, and, and uh, maybe some trauma to your mother or maybe some trauma to yourself in the womb, sickness or disease of some kind. I break the power of that contract of death that was, that was put out on your life by the devil in the name of Jesus. And I counteract it today with the power in the name of Jesus and the power in his blood. And I praise you and I thank you, Father, for, for your life flowing through that our friend's body there in Jesus' name, flowing in their life. Every spirit of failure, lack, poverty, sickness, 
sickness, infirmity, uh, maybe mental torment or depression. I break those things off you today in the name of Jesus. I break off every deaf and dumb spirit that would hinder people from hearing your word today, Father, in the name of Jesus. I come against every contract of death and failure and lack, and I speak life and the power of God. And I thank you, Lord. You give power to those who have no might. You give power to the weak and to those who have no might. You increase strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Could we go, please, to Proverbs chapter 3? Hallelujah. You need some hope today, friend. You need to hear something different. It's time for change. Praise God. If you've been listening to the news and reading the, the media, everything, you know, it's it's the same old story over and over again. Hopelessness, death, uh, devastation, uh, you know, problems, um, fear and when you read the word of god it's it's completely different it's it's the world system turned on its head it's life it's hope it's joy it's peace it's fruitfulness and and thriving and people who who trust in the lord you know god he likens us many times to trees in isaiah is that 61 i think he says you know you're like oaks of righteousness um and we're going to look at at another couple of scriptures in a couple of minutes but let's go to proverbs 3 first we're just going to jump through a few scriptures in proverbs chapter 3 but i encourage you proverbs chapter 3 and chapter 4 are life scriptures key life scriptures and in verse 1 in proverbs 3 my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Do you know that, friend, that you can have a long life? There's always the threat of, of, of sicknesses and disease curbing uh, people's lives, cutting them short. And, and you know, um, God bless doctors. We need doctors and, and, and nurses. Many people would not be alive without them. But, you know, a doctor will give you his opinion or her opinion as they see it, as the precedent has been set in, in situations like this. But listen, God has a different story. And he says, with long life, he will satisfy you. In Psalm 91, he says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So it's up to you who you believe. Moses challenged the people of Israel in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, I think it is. He says, today, I set before you life and death, but I encourage you to choose life. You know, so you have to make a decision as well, friend. You have to rise up and say, okay, it's my, it, it, it's me who decides what I'm going to do here. Am I going to take what the, what the doctor has said to me? And I, like I said, I am not against doctors. We need doctors and God bless them. But, you know, there, there is another, uh, another opinion that we need to seek. And that's God's opinion. And his opinion for you is long life and strength and power, his power, his strength. In um, Proverbs 3, still there, in verse 16, he's, uh, he's talking here actually from 12 and 13 on about wisdom. And, and you see, wisdom is found in the Word of God. In fact, the, in um, Proverbs 9, verse 10, it tells us that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So as we come to know the Lord, as we honor him, as we wait on him, as we already saw in, in Isaiah 40, as we revere him, and, and and obey his word as we, we saw in, in Proverbs 3 1. But here, wisdom is, is, the proceeds of wisdom are finer than gold or silver, it says in, in 13 and 14. And in 16, verse 
16, it says, Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honour. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. So as we study God's word and as we get to know him through his word, you know, what happens is peace comes into our hearts. Peace comes into our minds. We won't struggle uh, with fear. We won't struggle with dread. When we hear bad news, we won't be fearful. That's in Psalm 112, by the way. I hope you're taking notes because we don't have time to go to all these scriptures today. But, you know, in Psalm 112, it says that uh, the person who trusts in the Lord does not fear bad news. And, and of course, there are times where there is situations that are difficult, circumstances that are that are are really like trials. And you have a decision to make in those circumstances. Whose report am I going to believe? What what am I going to to base my faith and my trust in? Am I going to trust in what the world offers me? Because that has failed. Let me tell you, friend, and it always will fail. Or am I going to trust what God says? And I guarantee you, as you put your trust in him, you will see miracle signs and wonders. And you will see breakthrough. You will see strength coming. You will see health and healing flowing in your mind, in your heart, in your relationships, in your physical body, even in your finances. As you put your trust in God, he will sustain you and he will provide for you. Amen. In uh, verse 21, we're still in Proverbs 3. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Perhaps you're struggling, uh, you know, with your sleep routine right now. Maybe you, maybe you find it difficult to sleep. Maybe you're very anxious during the night. You know, things always appear so much worse at night, don't they? In the dark. Everything is quiet and, and what happens is your mind starts racing and you start thinking and all kinds of thoughts come. And of course, you know, the devil uses that time to bombard people's minds with uh, thoughts of fear and dread and, and failure and, you know, what's going to happen or, or maybe fear of, 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 you know, somebody breaking in or hurting you in some way. Listen. As you keep, you know, he says here, sound wisdom and discretion, as you keep his words before your eyes, as you study his word and meditate on his word, you've only room in your mind for so much, um, for so many thoughts, friend. And as you focus your mind on God's word and, uh, you know, decide, make a quality decision, as they say, to not take the devil's thoughts. It, when, when fear comes, say, hang on a minute, I see what that is. That's a fearful thought. Where did it come from? That is not from God. That's not what his word said. You know, say, for instance, if it's nighttime and you're afraid of, of, of somebody breaking in and, 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 and harming you or hurting you or your family or some kind of sickness, you know, that thought is not from God. That is from the pits of hell. And it has been sent by the enemy as a contract to bring death and failure and fear upon you. And you need to take authority in the name of Jesus and say, hang on a minute. That thought is from the pits of hell. It is from the devil. It is not from God. Because God said he will never harm me. And you, what you do is you fight the enemy with the word of God. Jesus had to do it. When he went into the wilderness, and I think we looked at this previously on a podcast. When Jesus was in the wilderness, 
um, and he was weak. He had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was, he was fasting uh, before he went into a life of ministry. And the devil came and started bombarding his mind with thoughts and started harassing him. And Jesus had to uh, fight the enemy. But you see, we fight the devil. We don't fight him in the physical realm. We fight him in the spirit. And, and the word of God is spirit and truth. And so when we use God's word as our weapon, like it says in Ephesians 6, the sword of the spirit, it's our weapon of offense. And when we come against Satan and those thoughts with the word of God, we say, no, I'm not taking that thought because that is from the devil. And God's word said that he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He says, like it says here, when I lie down, I will not be afraid. When I lie down, my sleep will be sweet. I thank you right now, Father God, for sweet sleep. And I take authority over those horrible thoughts. I cast them out of my mind. And I meditate on your word and said, instead, in Jesus' name. You said, Lord, in Psalm 91, that no evil will befall me no disaster will come near my dwelling you said Lord that you give your angels charge over me they keep me in all my ways no harm will come to me in Jesus name that's how you fight those thoughts um, you know because uh, the world will tell you oh you know you're empowered within yourself you are not there is no self-empowerment and anyone who believes that that's a load of baloney you know the only strength that you will have comes from basing your life and your faith in God and your trust in him and you know the world's peace may last for a time yes it may and it may bring a, a bit of soothe, soothing peace to you uh, you know for a little while but I guarantee you it won't last but God's word is is alive and powerful and his word is what delivers us from fear and torment I know this because I myself had it for many years fear and torment and anxiety and panic and it is a horrible, horrible place to be. I know that. And I can guarantee and, and tell you today that I stand... Uh-oh, Coco's barking. <laughs> Coco's decided to make his presence <laughs> known. <laughs> I think he's seen a deer or a bird. Anyway, <laughs> praise God. But, um, you know, after many years of suffering torment, of, of anxiety and fear, I can tell you that the answers I found for peace and stability came from the word of God and nowhere else for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Coco got, he decided I'd said enough about that topic, maybe. <laughs> Let's have a look at Proverbs chapter 14. We're still in the book of Proverbs and just flick over the pages to chapter 14. Praise God. Sit down, Coco. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. In Proverbs 14, verse 27, I'm not sure if I looked at this a um, couple of weeks ago, but it says, The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life, to turn one away from the snares of death. And here we have a, the perfect image of the difference between God's kingdom and the devil's kingdom. Because in the kingdom of God, there is life and peace. But in the kingdom of Satan, there is darkness and death and sin and pain turmoil and fear so when we fear the Lord when we honor him when we recognize him as Lord when we uh, study his word we find that fountain of life and it stops that contract or that path of death in its tracks as we speak the word of God forth from our lives in Jesus name amen, amen. As we study God's word, as we grow in our knowledge of him, 
as he reveals himself through the word, our relationship with him develops to the point that we are filled up with supernatural strength, physically, in our physical bodies, mentally and emotionally, in our minds and our hearts, relationally, in our relationships with ourselves and with others, and even financially, because God's living word sustains us. He sustains us supernaturally, and blessing is the natural result of that. The fruit of the Spirit, you know, brings blessing and peace. Let's have a look at Jeremiah chapter 17. We'll go to the prophet Jeremiah. Chapter 17 and verses 5 to 8. Where is that dog? <laughs> He's sitting. Good. <laughs> We're outside today because it's such a beautiful day here. Praise the Lord for the sunshine and blue skies. In Ireland, we don't get a lot of it, but at the moment we are. So we're, we're really in times of refreshment, praise God. Jeremiah chapter 17. Let's start in verse 5. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of the drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So there's two very different pictures here. There's the picture of the one who's trusting in man and whose heart has departed from the Lord. And what happens there is is there's only, um, you know, parched places, withering, uh, no life. But the one who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in him is likened to a tree planted by waters. And... You know, the, the, the roots go deep, deep down and, and searching for that water, going to the river. And what happens is, is fruit comes forth from it because it is being watered, it's being looked after. And it has no fear of drought because it has built up a, a reservoir of, of water. And that's what happens is when we cultivate our relationship with the Lord, when we study his word, his word is stored in our heart. You see, in Ephesians 6, just going back to that chapter again, it says, when the evil day comes. The evil day comes to everybody, friend. No matter who you are. Crises come, circumstances change. You can see that. Who would have thought two months ago, three months ago, that the whole world would be at a standstill right now? Who would have thought that, you know, people, both strong and great, are fearful for their lives? Who would have thought it, that every business, apart from, you know, a couple of essential business types, would be shut down? Who would have thought it? When the evil day comes, will you be able to stand? That's what Ephesians 6 asks. And that's what we're seeing here, is that the tree who's planted by the living water does not fear drought, because... He has been watered and he has been strengthened from the inside. 
And that's what God's word does. And going back to Isaiah 40, what we read, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. The strength comes from our inner man, from our spirit man. In 3 John verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. So there is a relation to our souls, our, our mind, our, our, our spirit man, um, our inner man prospering through the word of God and our outer man prospering to the same extent. And that's very important. Yesterday we went for a walk and we live near mountains and we walked up a little bit of one mountain and everything around was barren. There's... Um, what we have in Ireland, these gorse or furze bushes, and they're like these thorny um, bushes, I guess, and, and, and they've got these beautiful bright yellow flowers on them. But, you know, they grow in, in, in kind of all around the place. But apart from them, there was nothing growing. You know, everything was kind of brown. But then we came to a part of the, the hillside where there was water coming off the mountain. And the difference in the vegetation there was, was unbelievable. Everything was luxuriant there. There was actually fresh grass growing there. There was beautiful trees. There was many different types of trees and bushes. You see, they had water. They had a water supply. Whereas the rest of the hillside was facing, you know, the elements and, and was dry and barren. And that's what Jeremiah is talking about here. There is a difference between those who trust the Lord and those who don't. Read Malachi chapter 3. And the Lord promised at the end, uh, you know, um, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. And he promised there that there will be a difference between those who serve the Lord and those who don't. Amen. And I, I, you know, read it yourself, friend, and have a look at it. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 47. Look at more of this living water. Praise God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name that the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding even to the simple. Hallelujah. That's uh, Psalm 119, verse 130, in case you're looking for that. Okay, Ezekiel 47. I'm going to read it from the New Living, the NLT. Ezekiel was also a prophet of God, like Jeremiah. And he saw a vision. God showed him a vision of a river that flowed from the presence of God. This river is also mentioned, we, we just saw it there in Jeremiah um, 17. It's also in Psalm 1, the very first Psalm. And it's also in Revelation chapter 22. Let me read it for you. The river of healing. In my vision... A man brought me to the entrance of the temple. So the temple represents the presence of God. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on the south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, that's a 1,000 cubits, and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, 
it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, another 1,000 cubits, and the water was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. Many people are going through life, and you know, they have... Um, what's that scripture, Mom, again? In, uh, is it in Timothy? Um, you know, a semblance of... of religion but denying the power thereof you know um where where people will will go so far with god and that's what he's showing here you know there's there's different levels that you can go into with the lord friend you can go in and dip your toe in um if you live in ireland and you go to the the ocean at this time of year uh which you're not allowed by the way because it's if it's two kilometers more than where you live from but um if you go to the ocean right now and you stick your toe into that um, or even in any river, you will find the water is quite icy and cold. And so many people will only dip in their toe and run away again. And that's how people have treated the things of God. You know, having a form of godliness, it says in Timothy, I think it is, uh, but denying the power thereof. And you see, that's what religion does. It says, okay, um, y- you can you can know this about God and you can know that about God, but, but nobody else can understand anything about God. And you certainly can't understand the Bible, so don't bother reading it. Listen, if you don't read the Bible, you have no manual for life. And, and religion will fail you. Man will fail you. Uh, just like we read in Jeremiah. There's no point in putting your trust in man because man does not have the answers. But God, he is the prince of life. He is the fountain of of life. And his word is where you will find peace, where you will find, but you're going to have to go in deeper. And in Isaiah chapter 55, you know, he says, uh, come, you who are thirsty, come buy and eat food without any cost. You know, there is no cost to you. There is no financial cost to you uh, for the things of God. But there is a cost, and it is, it is um, your time. That's what God desires from you, your time and your worship. Mm-hmm. Actually, Mom's after finding that scripture now. Fair play to you. It's in 2 Timothy and chapter 3, verse 5. It says, it's talking about the, the last days. Um, I'll just read it for you there. You read it, Mom, actually, from the start. Tree down. But know this, that in the last days... Perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Amen. So having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm. And there's a note there, Mama, you read it, people in the last days. Paul outlined how people will act and behave in the last days. In the last days, men and women will love themselves and money above God. In addition, they will embrace a superficial form of religion and deny the real, life-changing power of the gospel. Amen. Mm. So, and that's the truth. Uh, the, the gospel is life-changing and life-altering. And anyone who really does come into relationship with Jesus Christ, your life will never be the same again. Mm-hmm. Everything will change. Fear will turn to peace. Um, sickness, you know, has to leave because by his stripes you were healed. Infirmity 
will not uh, bow you or break you down any longer because you will have joy and peace. We spoke about it before in Isaiah chapter 61. Um, Jesus is, you know, the, the prophet is prophesying about the Messiah coming. And it says, he will give us beauty for ashes, the, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. There's a great exchange that went on at the cross of Calvary for us, friend. It's where Jesus exchanged his life for ours. That's why he said in John 10, uh, you know, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Mm -hmm. There is a fullness of life. There is joy. There is peace to be found. But it's only to be found at the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is what the good news of the gospel is, is that you and I could never save ourselves. We could never make ourselves right with God. But so he sent his son Jesus to pay the price, to become the ransom for us to be saved, for us to be healed, for us to be delivered, and for us to be set free in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the gospel, the good news of it. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you can go into your ankles if you want, and you can turn, and many people do that. They do, they, they perform this, this, this um, pretension, you know, hypocrisy really is what it is. And, and you need to be careful of that, friend, because that is not the truth. And, and there will be a reckoning. Um, and when people close their eyes, many people get a right shock because they think that they've lived a good life. They think that they're good people. And I have no doubt that you are a good person and that you are a wonderful person. But listen, me or you being a wonderful and nice and good person is not going to uh, make us right with God. And we have to admit that. There's an acknowledgement of me being a sinner, of me needing a saviour, and an acknowledgement of Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and saviour. I thank you for the exchange you made at the cross, and I ask you to allow me, Lord Jesus, to uh, be washed and cleansed in your blood, and I thank you for what you did for me. It's a free gift. It's the free gift of salvation. That's the covenant. That's the new covenant. It's free. It's the gift of righteousness, where you are made right with God, not by your own works, but by the blood that Jesus Christ shed for you, because he never sinned. Amen. Let's go back to Ezekiel 47, because we've got distracted. So I encourage you, friend, to come in deeper. So this water was deep enough for him to swim in, but too deep to walk through. So in verse 6, he asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the river bank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, This river flows east towards the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish where this water flows. And you see, what he was showing him there was a symbolic um, foreshadow of Jesus coming and of this living water. Remember in John 4, when Jesus met the Samaritan woman and he asked her for a drink of water and then he asked, um, they got into a conversation and he revealed himself. And I encourage you to read John 4, John's Gospel, chapter 4. They got into a conversation and Jesus revealed himself as the living water and that whoever would accept him as Savior, as Lord, as Messiah, would have 
living water inside of him or her for the rest of their life. Oh, crows are flying low here. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Praise God. So this is a picture of, 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 of the Messiah coming. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to Engleim. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. He's talking about us here, the church, the believers in Jesus Christ, the ones who will come to accept him. What will happen is, the, they, these are the, the trees he's talking about here, bearing fruit. And you see, it doesn't matter what's going on, friend, what kind of circumstances or difficulties are going on in the world. In the world. When you are in the word of God, and when you know, you know what is in his word, when you know God's promises, it won't matter what's going on. You will bear fruit. You will be thriving. You will uh, be luxuriant and, 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 you know, have no fear. You will have peace. There will be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. You see, as we uh, partake of the living water of God's word, we are constantly being refreshed and restored. And that's what God's greatest promise to you, is, friend, is that he wants to give you life. He is the fountain of life. And as you uh, study his word, as you get to know him, as you realize that you are a child of the Most High God, that he loves you, that he has a good plan for your life, that he is not going to send harm or pestilence or disaster upon you. This has been preached and it needs to be repented of, that things that happen to people come from God. No, they do not. You know, Jesus is very clear. The thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life. And that is a false gospel. If, if, if that has been preached to you or you have been preaching it, you need to repent of believing that. That bad things come from God. That because you are special to him, he's given you some kind of a horrible burden or, or awful tragedy to bear as a cross. The only cross that Jesus told us that we will have to accept is the cross of persecution for believing and trusting in him. Because when you trust in the Lord and when you believe in Jesus, you are a sitting duck for the enemy to come and attack you in some way, shape or form, whether it's by people mocking you or laughing. And I know there are people who laugh and mock at us. And, you know, God bless you. All I'll tell you, friend, is if you're doing that, you're opposing yourself and you're coming against God. You're not coming against the believer. You're not coming against me because he has surrounded us with a hedge of protection. That's what he's promised. And when we know how to pray and we know and engage in spiritual warfare, that's what I'm saying to you. We do not fight the enemy in the physical realm. We fight in the spirit realm. And, you know, this is why it's important for people to get to know the word of God. And this is why tragedies and all kinds of horrible things happen to people. Because they are, as Hosea said in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's not lack of intelligence or lack of, of knowledge of, of, you know, education-wise, the world system. But it's lack of knowledge of God. And we read it there in Jeremiah that it's the people who have turned their backs on God and who have instead trusted in the, in the world system. They're the ones who are withering and who are living in a barren place, a place of turmoil and fear. Praise God. 
How did I start giving out? Oh my goodness. <laughs> but anyway. Notice there as well. The marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will be salty. These are the, the stagnated pools. The waterlogged places. Places of, of you know, it, it, it translates actually. There's something like quicksand or like a bog or a marsh. And you see... The water cannot, it, it, it gets bogged down there and it, it cannot move because the ground has not been dug up. Also going back to the book of Hosea, in chapter um, 10, I believe it is, verse 12, it's a scripture the Lord really ministered to me a lot with. It says, you know, dig up that fallow ground. You know, you have that, that image there of, of people needing to come along with a plow and plow up the hard ground of your heart. So and sow the seeds seeds of righteousness um, to 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 get a, a a grasp and an understanding of righteousness. Righteousness only comes through Jesus Christ. He never sinned. He was completely right with God. He never sinned, and so he made that exchange at the cross. His righteousness for our sin. And when you sow for yourself seeds of righteousness, as Hosea twelve ten twelve says. You will reap a harvest of mercy and love. That righteousness, as, as you uh, grasp and understand what Jesus was doing for you at the cross, what happens is, is that, that goes down into your heart, into your life as a seed. And that seed, you know, when it starts growing, it comes forth as love and mercy. You will reap a harvest of love and the greatest thing you can understand, friend, is that God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die a horrific, brutal, gruesome death on the cross so that you could be saved and so that you could be brought back into relationship with him. And he's crying out to you today. He's reaching out to you to not turn away from him and to receive him, and to yield your life to him, and to accept the free gift of righteousness, of the free gift of right standing with God, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been involved with. You can repent of your sins and turn to the Lord and say, Jesus, you know all about me. You know everything I did, and yet you died for me. And I ask you today to uh, be Lord of my life, and I ask you today to come into my heart and change my life and use me for your glory and show me lord how much you love me amen so that's that vision ezekiel had again of three trees that will tr try oh my goodness my my ths are going bad here trees that will thrive no matter what the circumstances because they are living inside in that living water praise god let's just look at john John's Gospel, chapter 7. Praise God. You may have to go back over this. Maybe we've, maybe we've spoken a lot of scripture here and we haven't gone to it, I know, but, you know, you can, you can listen again to this. In um, John, chapter 7, um, Jesus here promised the Holy Spirit in John 7, verse 37, it says, On the last day, this was the feast that, that they went to Jerusalem for, sorry, my Bible just squished over there. On the last day of the great feast, 
Jesus stood and cried out saying, it was the Feast of Tabernacles actually, and you know, tabernacle means to dwell with. And uh, anyway, I won't go into it, but I'll, I'll talk about that some other time. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Holy Spirit didn't come until Jesus went back to heaven to the Father and took his blood with him. And his blood sits on the mercy seat and cries mercy for you and I. And he said, you know, I have to go back to the Father. It's better that I go back to him because then I will send the Holy Spirit. Jesus as a, as a human being was only in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. And, you know, God's presence, he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. And as we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, to fill us, uh, and to, to be Lord and Master of our lives, to be our Savior and our Messiah, what happens is, is that he uh, comes to live inside of you in the person of his Holy Spirit. And he reconnects our spirit, the Holy Spirit does, he reconnects our spirit to God. And that is what, is, um, that is what to be born again means, is that our spirit is born again. And we spoke about that the last day, of how that when a child comes to the use of reason, they suddenly realize that what they're about to do is, is wrong. And we all, we all came to that place. They say that maybe the use of reason is 7, 8, 9, 10, when, when, when a person knows that what they're about to do is wrong. And there, our, our spiritual connection to God um, is broken because of sin. And we needed a Savior who would bring us back to God in righteousness as if we had never sinned. And that's what Jesus did for us at the cross. Amen. So he's saying here that out of your heart will flow rivers of living water because of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. We, uh, like those trees that, that stick their roots right down far, far into the ground, way below to get to the water underneath. That's what we're like when, when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That living water flows through us. And you suddenly, you know, you may have tried to read the Bible many years ago, friend, and said, I can't make head or tail of it. And then when someone becomes born again, when they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they go back and read the Bible and, and they say, gosh, this, this is just amazing. I, I can see now, you know, and, and, and it's like a whole new world of revelation has opened up to you. And that's why it's so important to read his word and to study it and get a little notebook for yourself and write out the scripture that you're, that you're studying or the, that the Lord has made alive to you. Maybe write out a little note of, of, of you know, just journal and, 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 and write out what the, what the Lord has been dealing with you with or, or, or things that he has, has revealed to you through his word. Um, and you, your relationship will grow and grow and grow and you will bear more fruit, more peace, more health, more healing, more wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's interesting, in John 6 there, it's one of my favorite scriptures and I just see it because I have it marked. But um, in John 6... 
Jesus had um, revealed to the disciples, and there was a lot of disciples. Some people say there maybe was hundreds or thousands of people following Jesus around. You know, not just his apostles, his, but um, lots of followers with him. And he revealed to them in chap in John six. Uh, John wrote about it of the day he revealed to them that you need to eat my flesh to have eternal life within you. You need to drink my blood. And of course, many of them left him that day and, and said, we can't, we can't understand that and we can't take that. And, and they, they left him. And in um, John 6, verse 60, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying, this is a hard teaching. Who can understand it or who can accept it? And you see, this is one of the reasons many people have been told in the past, don't read the Bible because you won't be able to understand it. And there's a lot of stuff in there anyway that, that we, we just can't accept. But Jesus knew it in himself that his disciples complained about it. And he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, and you can hear the humanity in his voice here, I think. You know, do you also want to go away? You can just hear that cry from his heart to his 12 disciples. But Simon Peter answered him, and I love this. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that is the truth of the gospel. His word is, is truth and life to us. And where should we go? I, I know for me, I don't want to go back to where I used to live. I don't want to go back to the life that I used to have before I knew the Lord. Because it was a life filled with trauma and pain and sin and fear and panic and anxiety and death. And I don't want to go back there because I have found the fountain of life. And praise God. I, I give God the glory for that. Thank you, Jesus. Are you the same, ma'am? Amen. 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 <laughs> praise God. Finally, just to finish, I'd like to look at Psalm 103. How are we doing with time? Praise God. Thank you for your patience. God bless you. You know, you will, you will never give time to God that he will not restore to you. In Psalm 103, we'll read it together from 1 down as far as Psalm 5 for the moment, okay? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is restored or renewed like the eagles. Amen. In Jesus' name. And you know, that's the, that's the gospel tied up there in four sentences. Forget not all his benefits. He's forgiven all your iniquities, all your sins, all your iniquities, the things coming down the generations, the bent towards sin that travels in families even, you know. So many people, you know, they'll say, the doctor will ask them, is this in your family? Tell me about your family history. 
Maybe it's addiction, maybe it's a sickness or a disease. That's what an iniquity is. It's something that comes down the generations that, um, or, or something that was done to you that you had no control over. And it, it has marred or caused a scar to be on your heart and on your, on your life. And, you know, Jesus came to, he, he, in fact, Isaiah 53 says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised for those things, the things that nobody can see. Maybe you're, you've come out of a life of, of abuse or trauma or poverty, or, or maybe you're living right now in a, in a situation where you're being abused and, and nobody knows on the outside the pain that's going on inside your life. Maybe you're living in, in a life of deep, dark depression and fear or suicidal thoughts. Listen, God knows. He knows. He loves you. He is not the author of it. He is not the one who caused it. But he is the one who can bring you hope and deliverance and salvation. And, you know, uh, I, I pray with you. Father, we just thank you right now. It also says there in three, he heals all your diseases and he redeems your life from destruction. You see, the enemy is, is the one who causes destruction in people's lives, the devil. And in Acts 10.38, um, Paul revealed Jesus as the one, Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He was anointed by God, by God's Spirit. And if, um, when you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And you have that same anointing on your life to be to come out from the devil's kingdom, to come out from the oppression or the influence or the, the pain that the enemy has been causing you and to come in to the kingdom of God and, and to receive his blessing, his healing and his wholeness. So we needed a redeemer, but our redeemer lives. His, he is alive Jesus Christ is alive and he is for you. He loves you and he wants to bring wholeness and healing to your life, friend. In Jesus' name, he will make you whole. He will repair you thoroughly. He will crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he will satisfy your mouth with good things. He will bring good things to you. You know, it says in the Psalms, uh, um, I will see, what's that again? The goodness, the goodness of God. God in the land of the living. David said that. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that's what God wants for you, friend. You know, not some day in the by and by when you die. Oh yeah, I'll go to be with the Lord then. No, right now, not only does he give you the gift of eternal life and the promise that when you die, you will go to heaven to be with him. But right now on this earth that you will have a life of good things, of blessings, of fruitfulness, of thriving of peace, of joy, of health and healing. Amen. And your youth will be renewed like the eagle. So we're back here again to where we started in Isaiah 40. You know, he will, you will mount up with wings as eagles. You will run, you will not grow weary, you will walk and you will not faint. And I praise you today, Lord, and thank you for your child. Um, as they're listening to you here, Lord, your son or your daughter, you love them and you have a good plan for their life. And we're going to break bread now together. We're going to take the bread first and um, we take this bread today Lord in remembrance of you Jesus of your body that was broken for us so that we could be healed and as we take this bread Lord we believe today we pray for each person listening Lord and for their families we pray your health and healing flowing in their lives right now and as we eat this bread Lord we eat the understanding that at the cross Jesus you took our pain you took our griefs you took our sorrows you took our turmoil you took all depression oppression and, and, and fear upon yourself 
up on that cross and, and during your beatings that you got, Jesus, those scourgings, those whippings that tore your body apart, you allowed that to happen to you, Jesus, so that we could be healed. Mm-hmm. And we declare today that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Mm-hmm. We take this bread, a lamb for the household. We take it for all our households, mm-hmm. our family members, our church members, our Word of Victory family, those ones who read the Word of Victory in the Outlook, those ones who are... Uh, coming to our website, those ones who are listening to the podcasts, um, and all our church members. Father, we, we pray today for each one of them. And I pray, Father, for every attack of the enemy broken over their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for healing and wholeness to flow in their bodies, in their minds, and in their hearts. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord, and that they would drink of that living water, Jesus, and never again be afraid in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We take the bread now. We eat that healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. It can just be a bit of cracker, a bit of bread. It doesn't matter, friend, because it's a, it's just a symbol of his body. It's not his body that we're eating. It's a symbol of it in Jesus' name. Now we take the cup. We've got a small glass of orange juice here today. You can have grape juice. You can have water. You can have tea or coffee, whatever it is, just a drink um, in order to symbolize the blood that Jesus shed for us, Okay. Praise God. We take this cup today, Lord, and we say, Father, let's pray together. Father God in heaven, I come to you just as I am. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross and to pay the price for my sins and for my healing and for me to be restored back to you. I thank you, Jesus. You are the Son of God. You were born of a virgin. And you took my sins, my pain, my grief, my sadness, and my depression and fear upon yourself so that I could be set free. I receive your freedom. Today, I yield my life to you, Lord Jesus. And I ask you to bring good out of my life. Restore me and make me whole. I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior, my living Savior, because God raised you from the dead. And I thank you, Jesus, for breakthrough, for healing, miracles and wholeness in my heart, in my mind, in my body, and in my spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Now you can take the cup. And we take this cup today, Lord Jesus. We proclaim your death and your resurrection until you come again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Friend, I wish you and pray for you a wonderful day and a blessed uh, a blessed time with the Lord in Jesus name I break the power of every assignment of the enemy sent against you and I praise you and I thank you Father that you will reveal yourself to my friend in Jesus name Amen Amen. God bless you friend Hi again friends I'd like you to listen to a recording from um, a lovely girl lady in our church called Louise and she's reading um, an old uh, word for today and the word for today is a wonderful publication by 
um, UCB. It's a radio station I think I've mentioned previously on our podcast. Um, you can get it online, um, UCB. And um, a man called Bob Gass um, started writing the word for today back in the 90s, I think it was. Um, and it's a little booklet that they send out faithfully every three months with a little teaching for each day. And it's been uh, such a lifeline to so many Christians, myself included, down through the years. And, you know, Bob Gass passed away last year. and But he, he actually has um, had written enough Word for Today segments that will be in publication for the next 10 years. So his legacy lives on forever. But... Um, I'm really delighted. Louise sent me this little recording today of a favourite word for today of hers from, I think it's from last year. And praise God, she's really hearing from the Lord because we just uh, mentioned the scripture that's that's being spoken of here in our, our, our um, recording a few moments ago. So I pray you'll be blessed as you listen to her. God bless you. UCB Ireland, the word for today. Monday, 23rd of December, 2019, based on Psalm 27. David was a giant killer, a Psalm writer and Israel's most popular king. But when the stresses of life brought him to his breaking point, he wrote, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are you at your breaking point today? When you get to that place, one of two things happen. You either break down or break through. It all depends on what you do. David experienced a breakthrough because he knew the right formula. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. There's an old saying, the same sun that melts the butter hardens the clay. When trouble comes, you can turn against God because you've served him faithfully and don't understand why he's permitting you to go through such a hard time, or you can turn to him for the answer. Nothing catches him off guard. Amen. Nothing is too hard for our Lord. He said, I am God. There is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. You may be in a state of shock now, but God isn't. Your circumstances can actually become a platform for him to demonstrate his unfailing love and care for you. So don't lose heart. He's going to bring you through the storm and bring glory to his name in the process. Amen. In Psalm 27, it says, The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I dread or fear? The Lord promises to take care of you. The Lord will set you high upon a rock. And that is the truth. Whom shall we fear? Praise God. Friend, I pray you've been blessed today. And I'd like to leave you now with Richard giving uh, the Aaronic blessing, the Father's blessing. And I uh, pray that you would be blessed today as you hear from uh, the Word of God as it is being prayed over you as a blessing. And I encourage you uh, to look up Trust in the Lord. Do not fear. He is for you. He loves you. And he is waiting for you to run into his arms so that he can bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray this blessing now 
over everyone in word of victory, all our families and loved ones. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen.